Jenny Detweiler, and I invite you to come and join me as we take a pause in our busy day and pursue soul care, as we allow our bodies to slow down and our minds to be renewed with goodness, truth, and hope. This is PRN. Pause, renew, next. Hi, friends. This is our first episode in our new series on attachment. When I asked you guys last winter if there was any topic you really wanted me to dive into on the podcast this spring, you overwhelmingly said attachment. So here we go together. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm a little overwhelmed. This is a pretty big undertaking. It is definitely the most involved and in-depth series that we've ever done on the Pause New Next podcast. But if we're going to do it, I say let's do it well. So you can expect slowly over the coming weeks that we are going to deep dive together on what attachment is, the background of it, the elements of it, how it affects us at a base level, how God created us for it, how it affects our relationships with our children, with our spouses, with our parents, and other close relationships, and how it affects our relationship with God. But today we're just going to set the table. So why attachment? Why am I so interested in this subject? Well, I probably need to start by saying I'm not a researcher or an expert, so to speak. But I do have quite a long history of learning about attachment. And so I'll begin there. I was first introduced to attachment the day I was born and my mom held me for the first time. (laughs) I'm just kidding, but only kind of. That really was how I came into the world of attachment. But where I came into the world of attachment theory was in my undergrad classes in Psych 101. Now, anybody else who's taken Psych 101, you will definitely relate to some of the information I'm going to be sharing in next week's episode about John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth and some of the history of attachment theory. And I really, even then, thought it was really fascinating. Then in my graduate classes, getting my master's in counseling, We went a little more in-depth with attachment theory as part of my training and my education. As an early therapist, when I was working with marriages, I read some books and listened to some video series on emotion-focused therapy, which really also has its underpinnings in attachment theory. My supervisor has done a training over the years with me and my colleagues about attachment theory, how it affects us, even how it affects the counseling relationship but I would say the place that the rubber really hit the road for me in learning about attachment was becoming a foster and an adoptive mom. In our training through social services, my husband and I went to a lot of classes about trauma, about kids that come from hard places, about how to handle dysregulation. And also there was a whole lot of information about attachment worked into that training program. But the place that I really, really loved and got the most good information about attachment and what really made me have to think a little deeper about all of this was when I went to a conference called Empowered to Connect for parents of kids that come from hard places. Now, Empowered to Connect was started by Karen Purvis and a lot of her colleagues, and you will hear me refer back to her a lot. She is definitely one of my heroes in life. She's an amazing person. She's passed on now, but her work definitely goes on. She and her colleagues started a program called TBRI, Trust-Based Relational Interventions, for kids that come from hard places and had a really hard start to life. And a lot of that information is about trauma and dysregulation and all those kinds of things, parenting tips, how to help with discipline. But the underpinnings of it 
is very attachment-based. In that training, we went deep into attachment theory, how things can go awry with kids that come from hard places or kids that lose their early attachments or get ripped away from them, like often happens in foster care, and how to reparent and restructure some of those things for those kids. So I have a lot of heart and knowledge and skin in the game, so to speak, when it comes to this attachment stuff. Am I doing all those things perfectly myself now? No. And so I hope actually that that will be an invitation to you to bring your imperfect self into this series to learn and be curious with me as we learn more about attachment together. Now, if you're hearing me speak about all that and you think that this is a parenting series, I want to caution you there and say, no, it certainly is not a parenting series. I do think the information you gain could be helpful in parenting, but it can be just as helpful in understanding yourself, what triggers you in relationships, relationship patterns that you see yourself continue to do over time in your marriage, in your close relationships, in your relationship with your parents and with your children, and also in your relationship with God. This information is truly for everyone. So let's start by asking, what even is attachment? What is that? Merriam-Webster defines attachment as a strong emotional bond that an infant forms with a caregiver, such as a mother, especially when viewed as a basis for normal emotional and social development. It, at its basis, is connection. That's what attachment is about. It's about forming connection from the very minute we enter the world. As Kurt Thompson beautifully says, we come into the world looking for someone who's looking for us. In his book, Anatomy of the Soul, he writes, There is something each one of us wants more than the air we breathe. Connection. While connection may not be our top need for immediate physical survival, our Creator has formed us in such a way that there is nothing more crucial to our long-term welfare. In fact, virtually every action we humans take is part of the deeper attempt to connect with other humans. Even when it terrifies us, even when we suspect as some inscrutable, pre-verbal place in our minds that we will be betrayed, even when we have spent years perfecting our deafness at avoiding connection or carefully protecting ourselves from all but the most controlled forms of it. We find ourselves drawn to it despite our occasional repulsion by it, especially in relation to particular people. Another term that reflects this idea of connection is attachment. Connection begins with a newborn's first breath. She wails into a universe that she hopes will respond to her with comfort and strength to reverse the course of her distress whether from cold, hunger, pain, or exhaustion. The parent who is attuned to this piercing cry moves to touch, soothe, search for, and quell the discomfort, even at 3 a.m. In the same way that each baby enters the physical universe through the birth canal, so we enter the world of relationships through the portal of attachment. The theory of attachment argues that all humans are born with two complementary instincts that shape our development. One, the instinct to draw near to a trusted caregiver for safety and comfort when we're in distress and to get our needs met. And two, the instinct to go out and explore and master the world around them. And all the time, we're doing a dance between the two from the time we enter the world. Am I safe? Am I loved? And if I am, am I safe to go out in the world and explore and master and be myself? And that at its basis is attachment theory. 
So in other words, when we have a secure base in our relationships, we know that we are loved, that we are worthy, that we are safe to go out, explore, and be who we're created to be. Ooh, this stuff gets me all excited, you guys. I hope that it excites you too. So now let's just set the table for a minute. Prepare, put down our plates and our glasses and our tablecloths and our napkins and get everything set out so you know what to expect as we begin this series. I just want to put a precaution out, like a little safety net, so to speak. In saying that, often when I have done trainings on attachment or when I'm teaching clients in my office, the immediate response to learning about this information is to question, to be afraid, to worry that maybe we've done something wrong. And that, friends, is not at all what I'm setting out to do in sharing any of the following information. I remember in one of my counseling classes when we had to learn how to diagnose people and all about the DSM. Then it was four, now it's the DSM (laughs) five. My professor kind of joked but was serious, and he said, Listen, as we begin this, I know that you are all going to want to diagnose yourselves and all of your family members and friends with everything in this DSM. And I'm just here to tell you right now that you and all your friends and family do not have all the diagnoses in this DSM. (laughs) So I just want to start by kind of saying the same thing to you. As we learn about secure attachment and as we learn about the insecure attachment styles, what I don't want you to do is jump in and think, oh, no. I'm screwed up. My kids are screwed up. I'm already screwing my kids up. Oh no, we're really messed up now. And jump into fear and shame and guilt because that would be the opposite of what this series is all about. And really, it's not even helpful because once shame enters the picture, we might as well just give up, right? So my encouragement to you, and I'm going to say this in every single episode, is to take a deep breath and remember you're not perfect. Your family relationships are not perfect. Your kids certainly are not perfect. Your spouse is not perfect. Your parents too were not perfect. And that's perfectly okay. So let's just allow shame to step aside. If fear shows up, let's let it just move aside and make room for curiosity. Curiosity to know more about ourselves, to know more about why we act the way that we do in relationships, what maybe some of our underlying needs are, ones that have been met and ones that have been unmet, to begin to get curious about our children's reactions. I do want to also say everything is not attachment-based. Some of this is temperament. Some of this is situational. So there are a lot of things that play into relationships besides just attachment. But I would love, love, love for you guys to allow curiosity to arise, to be able to learn and grow and know more about yourselves and the people in your lives. And I hope, honestly, the point of all of this at the end, the thing that brings me the most joy about this series, is that hopefully it will also give you a new lens for understanding your relationship with the Lord and how He loves you as well. So I hope I've whetted your appetite now and you will come to the table with me next week as we dive into where attachment theory comes from and who the founders of attachment theory were and what it was born out of and where it is today. And then in the following weeks, we'll be talking about the different forms of attachment 
how it's useful in our relationships, all the different kinds of relationships, and where it shows up in our relationship with God as well. So I'd like to end each of our episodes together with a scripture that I think reflects secure attachment. Each week, it'll be a different scripture passage. But for today, I would like to end with Psalm 91. Take a breath and let the words fall over you. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Security of one who trusts in the Lord. One who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will lodge in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is he who rescues you from the net of the trapper and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and wall. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the plague that stalks in darkness or of the destruction that devastates at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the retaliation against the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, the most high your dwelling place. No evil will happen to you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels orders concerning you to protect you in all your ways. On their hands, they will lift you up so that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will walk upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the young lion and the serpent. Because he has loved me, I will save him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. I will satisfy him with a long life and show him my salvation. Mm, Those are beautiful themes of secure attachment in our relationship with the Lord. I hope you'll join me next week as we continue and jump into the deep end of our series. I'm Jenny Detweiler with PRN. Pause, renew, next. May you be encouraged on your journey with Jesus. Thank you.